Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of Meticulous Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Alberto Ferreira, and I'm joined by... Francisco Magalhães. We are both university students at different universities here in Portugal. Francisco, why don't you give us a little introduction about yourself? So, I'm a veterinary medicine student in uh, Coimbra. And I'm currently a student at Universidade Portugalense studying management. And we created this podcast because we thought our conversations were interesting and we could help other people stay informed and understand better about the world. Just a quick disclaimer, both of us aren't the geniuses at political uh, events and news But we just thought as students, we could give other people... Um, Our opinion. Uh, yes, exactly. So I think we could jump right into the first topic after the break. We are back and let's jump right into the first topic, North Korea. I mean, Great it's topic. been a week. <laughs> am I right? <laughs> it's been a week. We had multiple news, people thinking King Jong-un's sister, which right now I don't recall the name, would become the, the supreme leader of North Korea. I don't know if you have any opinion about this topic. Well, the truth is... We're being fed a lot of information from North Korea, which we don't know if it's exactly true or not. The truth is, in countries like North Korea, where uh, leaders rule as dictators, when they die, you never know exactly um, when they die. Like, most of the time, a leader dies, they will only reveal that the leader died a year or two years later. I mean, we could see, and it's not only just dictators and other things like that. I mean, the Queen of England, when she dies, we won't know immediately. Yes, uh, yes. Maybe post some hours, we will have the knowledge that she died. But uh, it's a very intriguing topic, the fact that even with fast media that we have right now, we don't always know what's happening. Yes. And North Korea is the only country or one of the only countries of we really don't have fast media. Uh, the media is quite controlled there. Uh, South Korea sent agents to check on their friendly neighbor, uh, King Jong-un, to see how he was doing. Yeah, but, but even the information that South Korea has on North Korea is very limited um, because the information they have, it's fed internally by people in North Korea. So I imagine that if Kim Jong-un really died, um, they're keeping a very tight circle. I'm going to give you the most basic example that I can remember of. When Mandela died, um, you only knew that he was dead. You only beca it only became known that he was dead. Later on, um, when like the funeral was over already and all. Of course, afterwards it was the public funeral and so on. But the reason they did that was because they feared instability in the country. The same thing with North Korea. 
If Kim Jong-un dies, they will fear instability in the country. Because in communist states, you never know who's going to take power. It's a question... But, but I mean, that goes straight to the point of why I kind of think this happened. And we had this conversation, I mean, some nights ago uh, about North Korea and why was this happening. Um, and we both agree that maybe King Jong-un, if he is still alive and news has... Uh, has uh, come across us of that he is still alive. I mean, he could just be trying to see who would take the first step on taking power. Well, that is a, a, a possibility. But the very limited information that we have on North Korea, it says that he is a very sick person that doesn't obey basic health rules. Like, he is a diabetic The information that we have is that he eats a lot of sweets and he drinks a lot and, uh, you know, it, it comes... He's just not a, a very healthy person. It, I mean, he's not trying to hide it in any no. way. Um, But it comes as... It, it, it doesn't come as a surprise that if he had a, a heart problem or, or anything related to that topic. So, in my opinion, we do not know. But if I was to guess, I would say he is probably dead. Maybe in the beginning, I would probably agree with you. After what we've seen, I think that if he was dead, someone would have uh, taken the first well, step. not exactly. If you go back to the Soviet Union, it took a while for a leader to rise up and succeed Stalin. Same happens with North Korea. It's the same thing as Soviet Union. For a while, they're going to kill each other. And, uh, well, the last man or the last woman standing in this kind of... In uh, this scenario. In this scenario will take the power. I do believe his sister will take the power. Yes, I, I, yeah. I believe the same. I she, mean... she is the most dangerous piece in this political game in North Korea. She's been in the in the background for quite a while. She yes. knows. I mean, she she does she, uh, go with him to most of his trips. She, she handles most of his personal stuff and state related uh, topics. So she knows North Korea top to bottom as well as the importance of establishing diplomatic relations with outside countries. But what would that mean for North Korea? I mean, I wouldn't say that men have power over women in North Korea, but I mean, they also kind of do. The only thing we know of the role of women in North Korea is based on their military. So you're going to tell me that every single military in the face of the earth will put women in front of men, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Same thing as North Korea. We do not know the exact role of women in North Korea. And sure, we don't know the role of women in, in terms of politics in North Korea. Because there's never been a, a, a female leader in North Korea. Just so could she be a turning point? What if she doesn't agree with the total dictatorship? Could this become... Uh, could North Korea become a democracy? Could she be the turning point that would build a better relationship with South Korea, for example? No, because of the generals. When you have an extremely militarized country, 
at a certain point in the history of that country, all the power or most of the power, like 90% of the power will belong to generals. Let's suppose in the best case scenario, she wanted to establish a democracy, possibly unify both Koreas under one government. No, I think I think that would be too far. I think um, they they are quite a proud country to unify North Korea and South Korea. I wouldn't say I that think kind of. I happen. I think that's what's going to happen real soon. I think the future of North Korea is based to one thing. That's a second Korean War. The Korean War is going to happen sooner or later. Whether people like it or people don't like it, whether the world likes it or the world doesn't like it, it's something that is completely, utterly inevitable. But I think that kind of jumps a bit to our next topic about political division and what's going on around the world. So I'd say we take a step back and look at current news. This week, as we could see, Trump released a a statement about that it was China's fault about the coronavirus. I mean, it's not big news for anybody. Everybody knows what's happening in the USA right now. It's the worst country right now reflecting what's happening in the coronavirus pandemic. And not everyone seems to be on the same side. Yeah, it's a very sensitive topic. America, I feel like not only America, but the world right now, it's extremely divided, politically divided. And people think it's to do with the left and the right. It's not. We have forgotten what the right and the left mean. Today, people vote based on how liberal or how authoritarian uh, the party is. So it's no longer communism versus, um, let's say, the right-wing parties literally but i'd say that's kind of um the liberals i think people are getting proud i mean i think countries are getting proud Ex- especially america it's quite visible proud, uh, proud in their nationality I mean, exactly they they the keep they every- always. yeah uh, they have always been but the current political situation in america does not reflect the people of america mm-hmm. i talked to an American friend of mine once. I was stating that his country was not a true democracy. And he said, well, we never said we were a democracy. We are a federal republic. That kind of reflects a lot the current political situation of America. The people, they do not choose their president. The electoral college does. I understand what you're saying. I I agree. And it's pretty much a fact. People don't decide their president 100%. Uh, they they have the votes in it's, each state. Take a step back and analyze this. In Portugal, you vote for a president. You go and you say, listen, I think this guy's going to be better for my country. I'm going to place the vote in it. At the end of the day, they're going to count those votes. And what matters is the candidate with most votes. In America, you vote for a party. Do you really think, honestly, do you really think that if popular votes mattered in America... Bernie Sanders wouldn't have won until now. No, uh, I agree. And Bernie Sanders is a very obvious candidate that 
uh, a very good candidate. We both agree on this. He definitely has good ideas on changing America, but I think people look at him, and since he's quite a person with some age... Socialism wouldn't work. Yeah. For I, America... I agree. For America, I like Bernie Sanders in the terms of he's a revolutionary in terms of ideas for the United States of America. But ideology, his ideology of things, it wouldn't work for America. Because he, he people consider him an old-timer, I think. No, no, it's, it's not that it's because america has lived too long in a very capitalist kind of way and it's a very big country with very big expenditures they are owing right now i think something like 23 trillion dollars it's a lot of money it's a lot of g's so like we need to analyze this from the economical point of view too. A lot of people analyze it from the political point of view. Oh, socialism would benefit America so much. But if you instore things like free healthcare, when people talk about socialism in America, the thing that Just a quick correction. 25 trillion dollars. 25 trillion dollars. I mean, now. it's quite a, a really big number. Uh, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking and what why we brought up this topic. I'm not the biggest fan of Trump blaming China. I mean, it's quite obvious the pandemic kind of yeah. uh, started there. Yeah. Uh, it, it grew there. And although everybody wants to point the finger, it was you, it was you, it wasn't me, it was you. You started this. You have these different ha habits. Exactly. It's everybody's fault. No one was controlling yeah. controlling it in the right way. And I'm not a fan about this China-USA war because China needs the USA and USA needs China. It's, it's straight up fact. Most of the production in the USA, most of the things that they need, most of the things that they buy, it has the China logo. Yeah. It has the made in China sticked on the back of their phones, on the back of their chairs. And uh, without China, this is going to be extremely hard. And on the other hand, you look at China... They are a huge economic power. I'm, they have a huge, I'm, a huge power, but the USA still provides them with that big cash. I'm just going to say this. I'm not a very big, actually, I'm not China's fan, but I would like to state this. Trump blaming China and this whole new trend of saying that China created the virus when they haven't created the virus. It's a way out. Because he has managed the coronavirus pandemic in the worst way possible. But what would you expect? Politics in America have become a circus. People don't vote anymore for the guy that should lead the country. That you think, that you truly believe, this guy's gonna be good for the country. They'll vote on the one that provides a show. That's what politics in America have become. Compare politics in Europe with politics in America, for example. Yes, it's definitely it's definitely a point on a very interesting. How many parties do you and have division. in America? Like significant parties. It's kind of straightforward Two. the way they work. You have the Republicans, you have the Democrats. Do you exactly. have any left parties? For them, Democrats are left. Democrats are right. The only difference between Democrats and Republicans is that Democrats are more liberal party and Republicans are more authoritarian party. That's the only difference between these two parties, people. If you vote Democrat or you vote Republican, you're voting almost for the same thing. The only difference, and this is the, the main difference between both of them, is that Democrats are globalists and Republicans are nationalists. 
exists. That's the main difference. Listen, if I was in America, most likely I would vote Republican. I would never vote for Trump. I would never vote for a guy like Trump. But it came, it's down to this. Last election, Trump and Hillary. Who would have thought? I was watching the elections take place, the race, Clinton versus Trump. And I was like, why are we down to this? A Clinton racing Donald Trump in the elections for the most powerful country in the world. It's not just any country, you know? It's not like yes, running for the elections the... in Portugal. Exactly. It's a country that has the power to obliterate any nation on this earth. And people supported a madman. But I mean, personally, I wouldn't vote for Hillary. Let's go straight to the point. Imagine you have Trump on one side, Hillary on the other. Would you vote for Hillary? I wouldn't. It would be a straight up third world well, war. It was totally a mad show. Both of them have very different ideas. And we both know that gonna Hillary... There's going to be a war with Trump too. There's no, there's no escaping this. Politics is a very complicated game. If Clinton took power, there would be a lot of shady business in the military and in political scenarios. Shady business with Trump straight out forward is that he's screwing the nation up. He's destroying the nation. Come on, it's benefit games. He's destroying the nation. He's totally trying to get advantage from this. It's he not already like... Has it. He of already course. has it. Of course. He already has it. It's pretty I mean, straight, straightforward. I mean, but let's look at what he said long before he ran for president. When he said for the first time that he was thinking of running for president, he said, I would run for the Republicans because they are the easiest people to trick. He literally said that, and that was the easiest people to trick. But people, they still wanted him. And the Electoral College, he had the Electoral College inside out. Let's just keep the main focus here so there's totally a political division but let's be honest it's not just china and the us the usa we have also britain and the european union it's a fact we both can see it everybody can see it and uh, currently uh, a statement was released from uh, the the u the eu trade chief and he said that there was no sign of britain wanting european union trade talk to succeed Mm. It's pretty confusing for me in a, a, a current state that Boris Johnson has the country right now that the European Union would certainly be a help for uh, the British government. Don't you agree? Well, let's be honest. No one, politically speaking, no one is there to help you. Everyone has their own interests. I was against firmly against Brexit. But today, my point of view, it's different in relation to Brexit. I understand Britain wanting to leave the European Union. The EU did a lot for the nations involved in the EU. But let's not forget the EU existed for the reason to develop the Nordic countries. If you take a look at the Nordic countries and the southern countries in Europe, Nordic countries are more developed, while the sovereign countries of Europe work more than the Nordic countries and are not closely as developed as the Nordic countries. So, at the end of the day, Germany just did what they never accomplished, which was to rule Europe. 
they they tried in a war zone way and currently i think they're trying to rule the world in a economic point of view and it's definitely in my opinion not working as expected but it's quite obvious the For fact that it, that's what i'm trying to say europe, they, they, yeah they, right. in europe they're they're a big uh, player they're definitely a big shark they do have no, the economic they, power they and they are, are controlling europe they are the political powerhouse in europe. exactly the thing is eu did a lot not gonna lie um from an economical point of view for many countries but it was fine when it was a, an economical union from the point that they became involved in politics that's when things began going downhill i mean listen if you talk about COVID-19 situation Europe is now facing, the biggest crisis of our era, we are in this situation because of EU politics, because of border politics. EU wasn't ready. EU, no one was ready, but EU was most certainly was not ready. When Italy started being sick, when Italy started with those cases, the first initiative countries should have taken was to close the border. EU failed. There's no problem in people stating the obvious. The EU failed us. And the EU ran, it has ran its course until now. Whether you like it or not, the EU will fall sooner or later. It's e a matter of time. Europe was never united. Every time Europe came to a union since the Roman era, it fell. That union fell. It's impossible to get a hundred percent along in Europe. Now Britain left the EU simply because they okay, so they had a ton of very bad deals with the EU. And then they were obligated to take in refugees from the EU. Yeah, they weren't the biggest fan of that idea from the very first beginning. How does a union of nations, okay, that supposedly began as an economical union, now tells your own country, hey, listen, man, you need to take in these refugees coming from Pakistan and all that. That sank the country. Now. That is exactly what, what you're trying to say. That's totally a big reason for them trying to leave the European Union. Brexit, That's what Brexit is all about. Brexit was going to happen. Just like the exit of France from the European Union is going to happen. It's something that is just going to happen. You cannot change that. People are unhappy with the current situation of the EU and uh, how it squashed some countries to develop other countries. I am in favor of Brexit. I'm just not in favor of how they managed the Brexit. Okay? The way they dealt with it. They, the way they dealt with it. It was quite forced. It was very forced. And economically, it's going to ruin them. Because they're going to have to privatize their healthcare. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And now, they're going to the Commonwealth. The Commonwealth is going to be a very... It's going to either sink Britain or make a huge impact for Britain, economically speaking, and politically too, because, listen, I'm in favor of doing the same thing for Portugal. If Portugal ever leaves the European Union, 
I'm in favor of Portugal tying back old ties to our former colonies. I think it would be a lot more beneficial for us to have deals with our former colonies than to have deals with the European Union in the first place right now. I've, I feel like European Union ran its course and it's time to look at the future. The future for Europe is without the European Union, whether people like it or not. So I, I've seen a lot of activists saying, I'm European. No, you're not European. You're either Spanish, you're either English, you're either French, you're either German, you're either Portuguese. That's why you have the passport. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So let's not cheat. Um, you weren't born in a country, a nation called Europe. In my opinion, there should be a European Union without so much it's never rules. It's never going to work. I mean, we we both agree that there should be some kind of connection with each country it's never gonna work for a country if you're going to have a union there's going to always be a country that has a majority of power inside that union for the european union that was germany that is germany it's never going to work because the country is going always to take advantage of, of the some, other countries, the other countries exactly. of some nations there's always a political agenda behind everything so if there's always a political agenda behind everything your country should look after its own interests I think it would be in our best interests that soon, when we are more economically developed, now that we don't have the debt with the European Union, to leave it. But first, we need to work on one very important thing. Our democratic ties yeah. to our former colonies. So we can build a sort of commonwealth like Britain is building. But let's go back to uh, our main discussion of the week, Brexit versus COVID. It's a very interesting point. Is this beneficial for them? Is it a big fail? What do we think? Uh, let me just start off with my opinion. I think Brexit versus COVID is great in the long term, but very bad in the short term. In the short term, Britain is going to have some problems trying to uh, have a good trade, trying to protect their citizens against this COVID when they do not have help. But in the long term, I mean, it's great. Uh, they are not going to need to help other countries with financial financial uh, benefits like they did in the past they are not going to have to provide other countries with materials money equipment i think that it's great in the long term but really bad in the short term what is your opinion on this uh brexit versus covid topic whether brexit happened or didn't happen britain would be hit hard by covid19 just like all of europe yeah Europe's but there would certainly be kind of some help from the European Union. No, no. Do we are we getting help from the European Union? Or is it our doctors in the hospitals right now risking their lives to fight this thing? What has the European Union done for the European nations in terms of COVID nineteen besides delaying I mean, they did give the money out. besides delaying the closure of borders. Because that's what happened. Yes. They it's delayed true. to the last minute and denied the countries to close the borders. So, literally, only thing they did for us was let COVID-19 inside our countries. So, first thing off, there are a lot of fake news circling around of COVID-19. There's always fake news behind always, every story. There's always fake news. There's always that troll on the internet trying to get some attention from one person yes. or the other. I can give my perspective on COVID-19 based on five outbreaks that I've been through. 
I've been through a typhus outbreak, a cholera outbreak, a cerebral malaria outbreak, uh, a chikungunya outbreak, which is a, a viral disease similar to dengue. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've been, I've been through outbreaks and yellow fever, yellow fever was the worst. So this is not my first rodeo. This is my sixth outbreak. So the thing is, and this is the harsh truth, people, Europe wasn't ready. No one was. We weren't ready. I don't think there was one country that was ready in any way. No this, one was ready. No one this, was expecting it. This was to be expected. In my opinion, no, but no one was expecting this to happen so fast. After Ebola happened, I think we should have been prepared for some other outbreak. Ebola didn't happen here in Europe. We did have some one or two cases. We should have been ready for another pandemic. Listen. I mean, Bill Gates did have a TED Talks where he did talk about this, that we were not ready. And he, although he talked about mostly the United States, uh, we could all see he was talking about everybody in the world. Yeah. And we were not ready. Listen, the big problem is this. First, China has no biosecurity measures. And the second problem is we have destroyed this planet. This is my opinion, people. Don't take this as I'm a, an activist in some sort. I'm a vivid fisherman and a hunter and I defend farming at all costs and all that. But the reality is corporate greed has destroyed this country, this, this planet, I mean. Listen, this was to be expected. But the thing is, first world nations live in a bubble. This is where division comes along. First world nations live in a bubble. You live in a bubble right here in Europe. Tell me, what big serious outbreak before COVID-19 did you have in Europe? We did had you... the, the Spanish flu a long time ago. Nin a very long time ago. what? Exactly. 19 what? The last, out the last serious outbreak you had was between SARS-CoV-1, the SARS virus, and the MERS. And compared to other outbreaks along the world, that's nothing. Do you know how many people worldwide are infected with malaria yearly? Millions, probably. 225 million people. But you do not hear that in the news. I'll tell you why. Healthcare, more than ever today, is business. That's the reality. It's business. Everybody's trying to privatize their sectors in every way. And I'm not it's just talking about medical sectors. I'm talking about every sector. Everything. Everything and everyone wants their country to have a privatized sector it's for business. everything. It's a business. Hey, exactly. Listen. It's business. And here in Europe, you were never used to these outbreaks. You were never used to having dangerous diseases lurking around. And the only disease you need to worry about here in Europe is the flu. You catch the flu every year. I catch the flu every <clears throat> year. We just do fine. Sure, there are people that die of the flu. I think it's roughly around, if I'm not mistaken, 3,000 people that die of the flu or something like that. I think it's not the solution just to privatize their sectors. It, it should be a more controlled economic... I'm, uh, against, I'm against private healthcare. Every human being has the right uh, for good healthcare. One of the most basic human rights ever. So I think let's just 
go straight to the fast point. What is your final verdict? Good or bad Brexit versus COVID? Yes or no? It's indifferent. Brexit didn't have any impact on COVID-19. The way the British government handled COVID-19, that had an impact. I totally agree with you on, on that point. So there you have it, people. That was the topic of the week. Moving on to our next segment, student suggestion. Quick disclaimer, I would like to remind that this section was not endorsed by any brand or publisher. Our suggestion this week is The Richest Man in Babylon. It's a book written by George S. Klassen about financial advice utilizing stories from 8,000 years ago in Babylon. I read it myself and personally it was a great book, very interesting and easy to read. I recommended it to various friends and family members to buy the book and now I advise you to do the same. Let's just have a quick highlights of uh, what we think were the biggest events of this week. For me, it was definitely Trump with uh, it's not our fault. It's China. It remembers me. It brings me back to the old days when I was in fourth People grade. In it brings me back to the to the moments in fourth grade when I said, oh, look, I did not throw the pencil. He did it. Yeah, it, it just goes straight back to that point. I mean, it was everyone's fault. So what was your highlight of the week? Well, honestly, it's that highlight. It's it's the way the world power. It, I think it's the world's highlight. The world, how the world power is managing COVID nineteen very poorly. This really puts the American government and the American health system in the highlight. You know, like listen, we have this guy with every available resource on the planet, and he's doing a terrible job. And now he's saying. It's China's fault. It's that guy's fault. It's China's fault. It's that guy's fault. You know, it's not that this is not China's fault. It is China's fault. But it's It's the way he blames it and says it. It's it's also our fault. It's our fault because we let our corporations do businesses in China. And we preferred uh, made in China than our logo, you know, like made in Portugal. It's our fault because we gave China too much space, too much economical power and too much economic growth. It's also our fault because we have never had any major outbreak and we did not have preparation. We have people in Europe, guys, that don't know how to use a mask, a facial mask, some really basic stuff. Just put the mask on your face and wear the mask. It's not on your chin, it's not on the back of your head, it's literally covered. It's not on your eyes. It's not on your eyes. So it's it's the most basic stuff. This really puts the European people in the highlight. We were not used to it. There's no natural selection anymore. We are used to live in a bubble in which for you to eat something, you just need to go down to the supermarket. You have access to the best healthcare in the in the world and you just need to go to a hospital and it's for free. So today today in Europe what do you die of? You die of uncurable diseases like cancer and all of that. So we were not ready for an outbreak. This is Definitely. my feel on what comes to outbreaks based on my previous experiences with outbreaks. But hey, listen. It's our opinion for what it is. We are just two university students trying to be informed and sharing what we know with you guys. So finally, 
We would like to thank every single one of you for sticking with us to the end of the first episode. If you have any suggestions or comments, don't forget to send us a message on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, YouTube, or through our email, contactmeticulousminds at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you guys next week on episode 2 of Meticulous Minds. Thank you so much.